and let us reaffirm a fundamental truth. All children, born and unborn, are made in the holy image of God. He said one day And now, with an unapologetic dose of uncommon common sense, an unvarnished opinion that is undeniably unique, uncovering the truth with undeterred tenacity, unbound, unbroken, it's Rose Unplugged. Joining us today, I'm so happy, is legal analyst and contributor for Fox News Channel and Fox Business Network, and is also a former defense attorney. He is the author of the book. My goodness, this book was so spot on from the very beginning, going way back, the Russia hoax, the illicit scheme to clear Hillary Clinton and frame Donald Trump. And the, and the paperback has got even more information in it, and you need to have it so that this is a part of history, and you can refer back to it and teach your children about it. Greg Jarrett, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, Rose. Good morning. Great to be with you. So good to have you. My goodness. I mean, I'm. you were on this from the get-go. You knew it was a hoax. You told us it was a hoax. You backed it up, your assertion that this was a hoax. And now we find out that, of course, you were absolutely right. And so was our president when he said this is a witch hunt, this is a hoax, and it's fake news. You know, And, gosh, he's been right on every count, every count. Well, you know, if, if anybody bothered to examine the facts, the evidence, and the law, they would have known immediately that it was all a hoax. There was never any credible evidence that Trump colluded with Russia to steal the 2016 presidential election. This, it was all a hoax, and it, it constitutes really what is the dirtiest political trick in modern American history. It was all uh, conjured out of this anti-Trump dossier uh, that was written by Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy, and his benefactor, Fusion GPS founder Glenn Simpson. If there are two villains in the hoax, those two guys, Chris Steele, Glenn Simpson, are the biggest villains. But you have to throw in Hillary Clinton. Yes. Her campaign and the Democrats commissioned it. They paid more than a million bucks to Fusion GPS, and some of the money goes to Chris Steele. And they write this phony document, and they peddle it all over Washington to journalists, the FBI, State Department, Department of Justice. This thing spread like an airborne contagion. Mm. <laughs> and the premise of it was all a ruse. Anybody who bothers to actually read the dossier, you will laugh out loud. <laughs> this is the work of an amateur novelist bereft of any talent. Wow. But when you consider all of those involved, when you talk about how it was commissioned by Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrats, um, didn't they in some way then influence an election in, in, in the most horrific way and the most evil way? I mean, it was based on lies and what they knew to be lies. I mean, is there you know, I think that a lot of people and I've been saying this to you for a long time. I know in my audience, they want to see that there are consequences to this, that people like Clapper and Brennan and Susan Rice and others, um, they, there need to be consequences for them. Adam Schiff. I mean, let's talk about Adam Schiff for a minute. You know, and he still says, oh, I, I still, you know, have he, he said all along, I have credible evidence and I'm I'm positive. 
you know, um, that he colluded with Russia. And he won't even back down from that right now. You're absolutely right. Adam Schiff and his colleague, Eric Swalwell, um, they were complicit in this hoax. They kept going on television and radio and giving quotes to newspapers for the better part of two years, claiming that they had absolute proof, a mountain of evidence of collusion. They'd seen it, and they've had two years, essentially, to produce it, and they haven't. They were lying, in my judgment. And, you know, Adam Schiff and Swalwell should, if they had an ounce of conscience and integrity, they would resign from Congress, not just resign, shift from from chairmanship of his intelligence committee resigned from congress wow. in disgrace and apologized to the american people for being complicit in perpetuating this hoax well that'll never happen and you know it i i mean i, I at the very least though you're right he should resign as a chairman uh the intelligence committee chairman house the house but i i don't suppose that would happen either because if you have a man that's still standing by what he said and refuses to back down, I can't see this same man resigning from the post, let alone from the House. Well, I would think that uh, Nancy Pelosi and other leadership in the House, uh, the Democrats, uh, surely know that the reckless and malevolent conduct of people like Adam Schiff and, and Eric Swalwell and others is only harming the Democratic Party and and diminishing their chances to prevail in the next election. Uh, you know, and Nancy Pelosi is also complicit. She stood I memorably in one news conference yes. into my book, and she all but convicted Trump in the court of public opinion, alleging that he had colluded with Russia. So, you know, she's knee-deep in this as well. When the report says that no American, and they say they, it was said three times in the report, that no American colluded with Russia to influence the election, are they talking about just those that they, they investigated? Because, I mean, that suggests that there was no collusion at all. There was no influencing of an election, and, and that's the bottom line. How do you read that, the fact that they oh, put Oh, absolutely. In- I mean, what it says is that there were no Americans— either unaffiliated or affiliated mm. with the Trump campaign that were remotely involved in the Russia hoax, in the collusion fiction, this fantasy and farce. <laughs> and, you know, it, it certainly undermines the credibility of all of those people who are alleging it, especially journalists. Journalists refuse to do their job. They, you know, abandoned their objectivity and their sense of fairness, Mm -hmm. and they allowed their hatred to obscure their judgment, and they squandered their credibility, which is, by the way, the media's only currency. You know, they didn't bother to examine the evidence, and the evidence was there. It's laid out in my book. The evidence was trivial to, to the media. You know, it's the old yarn don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Right. They had a story they wanted to tell, driven by their own political bias and personal animus toward Trump, and it blinded them. And now they're paying the price. Do you think that, um, that some were saying, well, there's still legal trouble for the president. There's a Southern District of New York. And I mean, is there a lot of trouble for him or is this a pretty major thing to overcome and the rest maybe isn't as 
quite as serious, or are we looking at some serious uh, trouble for the president, legal trouble? You know, there are a variety of investigations in New York and in Washington and Virginia. They deal with his foundation, which he had little to do with, the inaugural committee, which he had absolutely nothing to do with. No president-elect really gets involved in that. It's assigned out to a special committee of people. Um, As for any campaign violation election laws relative to Michael Cohen, it is not a crime. It is not a campaign contribution uh, to pay somebody money in exchange for a non-disclosure agreement. As long as there is a secondary or dual purpose in here, there clearly was. Uh, And the John Edwards case is, you know, the best evidence of that. So, you know, they can continue the witch hunt, and it certainly will move forward. Uh, Democrats will be relentless. Um, And, you know, I I think that uh, Donald Trump has gotten over the first major hurdle, no collusion, no obstruction. Yeah. What about uh, a lot of people now are talking about pardons? Some say that he shouldn't even go there right now. Others are saying, hell yeah, go there. Absolutely. Well, you know, what are your a, thoughts it's a on tough that? call because uh, the media, you know, will go crazy and light their hair on fire and start <laughs> running around, uh, which is, you know, what the mainstream media now does. <laughs> you know, for somebody like Michael Flynn and George Papadopoulos, I would be very tempted to, to grant pardons to them. Yes. Um, you know, Flynn was charged and pled guilty to something he didn't do. He was interviewed by the FBI, and the agents walked out of the building and, and went over to DOJ and said, well, Flynn told the truth. That didn't matter to Mueller and his team of partisans. They were trying to use Flynn, pressure him, and his wife and son with threats in order to get Flynn to lie and incriminate Trump in something he didn't do. That is unconscionable behavior. It's the equivalent of attempting to suborn perjury, and there needs to be an investigation of the investigators, and I would include uh, Mueller and his team of partisans. Mueller completely shirked his responsibility on obstruction of justice. He was hired as the chief prosecutor, not just to investigate, but make prosecutorial determinations. He did with respect to collusion, but when it came to obstruction of justice, he's, he's like, oh, you know, these are, these are tough issues of law. I'll leave that to somebody else. He didn't do his job, and we gave him 22 months and $25 million to do it. He's a disgrace. Hey, what do you think of Rod Rosenstein? You know, I mean, like if Trump had, I don't think he was ever really seriously considering getting rid of him. But in in some ways, is it good that he stayed on? I mean, the Democrats don't seem to care at all what's come out of of all of this. But because Rod Rosenstein, was that a surprise? I mean, he agreed with Barr that, you know, there's no obstruction here. It didn't reach obstruction of justice. They both decided that. What are your thoughts on Rod Rosenstein at the moment? Well, he is a malevolent, maladroit character and should have been fired a long time ago. He should have recused himself from the case because on the subject of obstruction, he was the key witness. He wrote the memo recommending the firing of Comey. He was actually interviewed by Robert Mueller, and yet he was Mueller's boss throughout the 22 months. 
I mean, that is an egregious conflict of interest. But in the end, I think it did lend more credibility to that he stayed on and assisted uh, William Barr, the attorney general, yes. in making a determination that the law does not support a case for obstruction. And I laid it all out in a separate chapter uh, entitled Obstruction of Justice in my book. There, there, there was never a remote chance that the actions and words of the president constituted under the law obstruction of justice. It was ludicrous. Wow. You know, and before you go, I have to talk to you about Smollett, but one last thing, the report, you know, the Democrats, this is their newest mantra, you know, release the entire report, knowing full well that the entire report probably cannot be released. I like that President Trump said, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think that was the the right answer for that, you know, um, and let them all work it out. But they know that that's that, that's just not it can't be done, right? You can't release that entire report. No, you can't because remember this was a counterintelligence investigation, which means inevitably that there is a good deal of classified information by law uh, that that cannot be released. Um, and also, there's a law relevant to grand jury testimony. So to the extent that the report contains considerable portions of grand jury testimony, that's secret um, because it's not fair to the people who were mentioned in the grand jury. It's not an adversarial process. So the law doesn't allow that. So with those two caveats, um, some of it can be released, but not all of it. Gosh. All right. Well, this is so interesting, isn't it? But you were right on. And by the way, we're going to post your story in Fox News. You call this the dirtiest political trick in modern U.S. history. Boy, you are so right about that. It is a dirty trick. Dirty trick. It really was. Wow. I have to ask you about Smollett. I need your opinion on this. Um, As we all know now, Smollett's charges were dropped. Um, He's staying with his story that he was attacked. Um, the, the everyone is so upset that Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson said that the city of Chicago is owed an apology. Mayor Rahm Emanuel said this ruling is a whitewash of justice, uh, although I think he has to play along with that line of um, uh, criticism. But the lawyers announced yesterday that all the charges have been dropped. He was facing 48 years behind bars because of the 16 felony charges for a lying, allegedly lying. I mean, what the heck happened to th- what happened here? How does this happen? Now we know that there were email exchanges between Michelle Obama's chief of staff and and um, uh, uh, Fox. I mean, uh, Greg, are you? Uh, what do you think when you when you heard that news yesterday? Were you just out of your mind? Yeah, I was pretty flabbergasted. I think most people are. Um, This has the stench of a bucket of five-day-old fish. And it's not at all surprising that it's Chicago, because this goes on all the time. Look, it's pretty clear, based on the evidence presented by the police, that uh, Jesse Smollett perpetrated a hoax. And in the process, he appears to have committed potentially 16 different crimes, and not including mail fraud, uh, which would be a federal crime, and the FBI is investigating. So this isn't over yet, uh, and I suspect the FBI may take up the mantle. Uh, How do you, I mean, in this, it just is amazing to me that they can get away with this, that the the, the level of corruption, but as you said, it is Chicago, so it shouldn't come as, as a surprise, really, I guess, to anyone. 
So your follow-up book, is it going to be um, anything about Hillary Clinton and her complicity? And, you know, because, I, hey, Paul, I think it was Paul Sperry said, tweeted the other day after uh, the Mueller report came out. He made a really good point, Greg. He said, you know, the 2016 midterm election, I'm sorry, 2018 midterm election was um, influenced, really, by this this witch hunt. And so that 49% of the people that voted during the midterm election, believed that Donald Trump did collude with Russia. 49%. That's almost half the people that were voting. So so when you have that kind of influence on a midterm election, that's, that's bad. That's bad stuff. Because a lot of those people probably voted, may have voted for Trump in the, in the presidential election. So what, a, what an interesting point that there was influence on our midterm election. Based on a hoax, as you said, as a political trick, a dirty trick. Right. I agree with Paul Sperry. He's a fine journalist. He does great investigative work, and his point is a valid one. Um, There was never any Trump-Russia collusion. There was Clinton-Russia collusion. She paid for Russian information, which, as I write in the book, is a potential crime, and then fed it to the FBI to launch this dilating investigation that was based on nothing more than a phony document and a hoax. And you're right, and Sperry's right. It unduly influenced, I suspect, the 2018 midterm elections. People were elected that otherwise wouldn't have been but for the hoax, and you can put it squarely in the lap of Hillary Clinton. Amen to that. You know, it was kind of fun to see uh, John Nolte did a, a piece in Breitbart about the winners and losers in the debunked Russia collusion hoax. And you were in there, rightfully so, you, as one of the winners. So, and Greg, we appreciate you did so much work on this, so much investigation, so much in your investigation uh, 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 where the Russian hoax was concerned. And we really appreciate all of your efforts in bringing to light this really dirty political trick. And thank you for your hard work. And I guess well, I'm pushing you. What's your next? What are you going to do next <laughs> now? You were so good at that one, really illuminating everything that was going on. Anything well, in I'm the works? Well, I'm in the process of writing a, a follow-up book, a sequel to it. Okay. Um, and it should be out in the fall. Awesome. And uh, it, it, <laughs> it will expose more of the cesspool of corruption at the FBI, the Department of Justice, and in politics and the media as well. Wow, that's a wow. You've got your hands full then with that. Greg, when you look at everything that's going on, and we'll end with this, uh, everything that's been going on, this small case, what Donald Trump has gone through the over, for over two years now, but yet we still see that there's been vindication here and there, and, and, and that's appreciated. The American people are a little concerned. Things seem very upside down. Good is bad. Bad is good. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Do you have hope that um, we are really, truly cleaning out the swamp? and uh, Or are we going to see a lot more of this in the next two and a half years and possibly four years beyond that? I'm very optimistic. Um, in the Obama administration, the Department of Justice became a, uh, a powerful political organization under Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, and endorsed wholeheartedly by a guy by the name of Barack Obama. Yes, I have like 20 seconds. I'm so sorry I did that to you. So, at any rate, uh, (laughs) with William Barr there, I'm optimistic. Yay, good to hear. Greg Jarrett, author of the book, The Russia Hoax, The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump. We appreciate you so much, Greg. Thanks for being with us today. 
My pleasure. All right, we'll be back. Thanks. 